1: What's up, what's up? I showed up a little early this time. I wanted to be good. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. (laughs) By the way,
2: sorry, go ahead. I know, I I was just asking, how about you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Um, This is the last space I have to do this week. And hopefully I'll be free. <laughs> I see. Sorry about that. No, no worries. I'm joking. But uh, I see Didi is here. I see Pemrock is here. So we're quite. You guys are quite early, which um, which is good always. Hey, Didier, how's it going?
2: Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Sophia, how's it going? Hi. Uh I was okay, but uh I will be uh sorry about that noise in the background if you hear it.
1: No, you you sound good. It's all right.
2: Oh cool. And how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I was just saying to our listeners that we are supposed to start in three minutes, so feel free to go get a cup of water, no rush. We'll give everyone a few minutes to get acquainted. And then we'll get into it once it hits three PM E T C. Does that sound okay for you guys?
3: Yeah, sure.
0: Sure.
1: I've been trying to approve Lotus's request, but not sure why it's not going through. Hey guys. Hey,
3: hello, how's it going? Oh, good. Finally, it's getting through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So we have just about a minute um, until the space officially starts. So just going to give everyone time, you know, go to the bathroom, have a cup of water, and then we'll start with hellos and introductions in about a minute's time. Sounds good. All right, we have hit the clock on 3 p.m. UTC. Let us get started. Why don't we start with a casual GM hello from each of us, Didier, GM,
0: or GN for you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon, Um, good morning, good evening, depending on where where you are. Uh, Yeah, very glad to be here. I'm Didier, um, the product uh, manager of Refinance. Uh, which is the first, uh, yeah, the first decks on Near, and the top decks um, within the Near and Aurora ecosystem in terms of uh, TBL. Awesome, glad to have you here.
1: Sophia, do you want to say hi and also, you know, introduce yourself and maybe even your project in one line?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm Sophia. Uh, I'm serving as the head of marketing at Pembroke Finance, and Pembroke Finance is the first leverage yield farming on near.
1: Perfect. And Lotus, MultiChain is certainly the star of the show. Do you want to tell us who you are and what MultiChain is, very briefly?
3: Thank you. Thank you for organizing this event. And uh, I'm the head of BD at MultiChain. And multi is a question chain interoperation uh, infrastructure for Web3. And uh, lately, we have launched the mainnet, uh, near mainnet on multi-chain, which is very uh, exciting.
1: Perfect. Well, to give a little bit more color, just as Lotus mentioned, we are today here gathered to celebrate the near integration and mainnet launch of cross-chain interaction a Solution called Multi Chain, which Lotus is representing. And we also have two guests from core near DeFi projects, Pemrock and Refinance, to delve into the significance and look forward to the multi chain future we are bringing closer or as the pun goes nearer every day. We've done a round of introductions. I want to ask you, Lotus. Could you give us a brief summary or TLDR on what MultiChain is doing with NIR? Just give us a few headlines, numbers uh, to give everyone an idea of what actually is going on.
3: Yes. So um, MultiChain helps with faster withdrawal and deposit for the Near users by connecting Near to, um, you know, all the networks available on MultiChain. It just takes minutes for your assets to be bridged from one chain to another, either it's USDC or Ethereum. Because, you know, as most of you might know, that uh, Rainbow Bridge could take much more time to process. Other than that, Rainbow Bridge is, a, uh, is good given its trustless traits. And I, you know, I, I, and I believe together with Rainbow Bridge and Multi-Chain Bridge, we can bring much more possibilities for the ecosystem. And, um, you know, since you asked why now, basically we could have done this integration faster, but a lot of things had happened in the past half year, including the latest one FTX, and there were fear, uncertainty, and doubts. And uh, we agreed that it was not the best time to launch the bridge for NIR. But later we can see that a lot of people still believe in the space. And they still believe in NEAR and multi Multichain. We held testnet campaigns with NEAR and uh, other projects on NEAR, which turned out to be very successful. We have very good marketing data on that, and uh, we saw a considerable amount of transactions happening after we deployed the first batch uh, of, of NEAR tokens, despite of the, the the recession of the market. And um, you know, if there's real need for it, then you know why not? it's just like what near has put in its vision a bear market is not a time to pause it's a time to build and and i remember i was trying to connect with near because i think near except its high performance and outputs near has got an excellent team and obviously our amazing hosts <laughs> are one of them and i think a good team is what matters the most because an exceptional protocol can only be built by an exceptional team and the team is really putting a lot of effort to build the ecosystem and obviously they have done a good job among the thousands of blockchains near still remains on the top of the list during the bear market which seems very competitive to
1: me okay that's great i love to hear that you you're um warming up to the ecosystem and also i re- it's really good that to hear that there's real data backing that there was demand for a bridge like multi chain that there was demand to you know interact between these chains that you are now enabling through multi chain so let's definitely get into it but to kind of give a bit of color on the landscape that we're in with regards to web3 and what multi chain is providing We often hear or say that the future is multi-chain. And I want to ask Lotus, um, from the multi-chain perspective, why does multi-chain believe in this kind of future? And with regards to that, what is the ultimate vision for multi-chain in that kind of future? What kind of role do you see yourself playing? Um, You
3: know, I think it's just like how the world works. We can't expect one country to prosper without communicating with the other country. Um, take Singapore, for example, Singapore has very limited land area and population. The only way for them to prosper is to open up and communicate with the other countries. Either it's economic communications or trade exchange, or attract talents and elites to drive development in Singapore. This is pretty similar to attract builders and developers to build on a certain chain and ecosystem. And Once there's people to build, there's people to come and help boost the economy. And, um, you know, take another example. The most prosperous dynasty in Chinese history is Tang Dynasty and Song Dynasty. And these two dynasties have one uh, one thing in common. They are both very open to the outside world. The merchants and ambassadors and scholars from all around the world gathered in Chang'an, the, the, cap- the then capital of Tang. They gathered there to do business and learn the most advanced stuff happening in Tang city, and that in turn drove the economy to boost and making Tang Dynasty the biggest and the most powerful country in the world during that period. And, and you know, and the surrounding. Countries like Japan and Korea all follow Tang's tradition and culture. These open standards are still applicable today. The beauty of communication is not just bring prosper to a certain nation alone, a blockchain in this case, but brings co-prosperity to the whole world. And we see it in blockchain and metaverse as well each network needs to communicate with each, with each other and a bridge is needed for the tokens for them, to, you know, for them to connect with each other. And multi-chain is that bridge. So not only token assets like um, if they're ERC-20 or ERC-721 should be interoperable, but also smart contracts should have secure, fast, and reliable and decentralized communication methods like our Anycall for better interoperability. And that is also the reason why we set our vision as the ultimate router for Web3, because we want to keep innovating and hoping to still remain the best infrastructure for the Web3.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the way that you captured this, which is the vision of a multi-chain future um, in the way that the global world exists today. We exist as separate nation states, but there are connections and bridges and interconnectivity created, um, whether metaphorically or literally through bridges or other means, communications and so on. And multi-chain really wants to be the layer, the infrastructure layer to enable that multi-chain future. And I think behind that kind of country analogy, you have this understanding because some people will say, you know, Ethereum is the strongest chain with the biggest network effect, or they think this other all to L1, whether it's near or solar or cosmos, they think it's superior, and they foresee a future where one will triumph. But you're fundamentally not for that kind of thesis. You think that like we have different countries with different kinds of economies and different societies and cultures, you foresee a future in which we have multiple chains with different niches, different tech stacks, different communities, and that's okay. That's just the kind of future that we are going to be in, and there's no problem that one doesn't win out. I'd love to ask, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lotus.
3: Oh, so sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I want to ask Didier and Sophia to chime in on this point. I want to get from your perspectives, because you are projects building on a layer one chain. How do you see the position of a layer one in in an increasingly multi-chain world and what are some of your perspectives as projects building on a layer one um while we head towards a multi-chain future if you of course agree that we
0: are heading towards a multi-chain future right yeah sure um i can stop on this one um but yeah i i mean i definitely agree i think that and and actually vitalik was talking about it uh, back in 2014 i think that uh, we actually you know fragment ourselves because we disagree right and we disagree because we might think that we have different solutions to address like a very specific problem so i'm i'm, I'm very much into and i i do believe in like a multi-chain future because I think that, like different blockchain, different ecosystem, they will potentially, you know, specialize specialize themselves to solve a very specific problem. So I think we'll have a future where, I mean where there is no like a winner take it all, you know, kind of model, but where we will have like multi chains, right? And and ultimately, those people they, they are not using those blockchains or networks or, you know, even uh, multishen because uh, they are necessary, but just because they are more convenient, right? If you want to use multishen today, it's just, it's it's more convenient if you, uh, I don't know, have like some positions on one ecosystem and then you want to edge yourself on another ecosystem and, and you know that you have this solution, which is very fast actually to transfer, you know, tokens from one ecosystem to another ecosystem and that allows you to, Basically, uh, you know, abstract your uh, matrix of risks, for example, uh, for this transfer because you don't have like a long time to, to process this kind of transfer. So, I I really do believe in like a multi-chain future.
1: Perfect. And Sophia, do you want to add anything
2: here? Yeah, sure. Um, from my perspective, I can add that. Um, We are all crypto geeks here, if you will, both speakers and listeners, but uh, there are a lot of newbies in crypto and uh, they might perceive crypto as a single system and it's very difficult for them to understand that there are different blockchains. And you have to interact from one to another. And, uh, for example, as we can see, there was some report from Crypto.com that uh, we are now uh, uh, on the level of crypto adoption as it was internet adoption in 1998. So we are, like, very back from uh, the whole crypto mass adoption and uh, all in all, such projects as multi chain is our ticket to crypto mass adoption. They make blockchain interactions simpler. They help users move from one blockchain to another. So I definitely agree with everybody that uh, our future is multi chain, and we have to deal with that and uh, as soon as it possible.
1: Yeah, super great point that from the outside, looking in, crypto is just one thing. People don't look at the nuances between all of these different layer 1s or L2s or whatnot. We have to give them the interconnectivity that people assume from the very beginning. So great hearing that. I would love to take the time now to do a proper introduction of multi-chain to the near community. I'm sure a lot of people are already familiar, but I want to get into the uh, details of what really multi chain does and how you do it. Lotus, would you like to tell us a little bit about what multi chain does? You said that multi chain wants to become the rooter for the multi chain world. What are some of the key products and services that multi chain offers in order to achieve that vision?
3: Uh, thank you. So uh, I think the core concepts are definitely a- innovation and keep building. Um, You know, uh, we are the first bridge uh, to launch uh, a router native assets bridge solution. At the very start of the question industry, um, question bridge only had mint and burn solution, which is the very old way of uh, uh, bridge. And uh, so back then, you can only get a wrapped assets on the destination chain. And the bridge is only two way. And uh, until early last year, we launched multi-chain router v3. Uh, it enables users to bridge native assets between any two chains, so not just two-way. And uh, of course, it's, uh, na- it enables native assets bridging, which is very, um, which is very exciting for the industry and uh, the users. And you know, apart from the token, uh, f- apart from the standard token bridge. We are also the first bridge that has developed NFT bridge. And uh, since then, users are able to bridge NFTs. Uh, although there isn't a strong demand in the market for NFTs, but I believe there's uh, a future for NFT to bridge, uh, especially for dynamic NFTs. And uh, we also have developed anycar. Uh, I had mentioned earlier in this conversation, it, it's a question messaging protocol that can be used for question swap, question farming, question lending, and question rewards distribution. Basically, it can does anything uh, that you want you want to build. And uh, for example, uh, our first use case is with Curve. And uh, it improves fairness and a more efficient rewards distribution system. And so besides that, um, we are constantly expanding our ecosystem, which can in turn help our partners to expand their ecosystem as well. And from a user perspective, they can bridge to any network as they wish. Um, so basically they have tons of options. And uh, last but not least, we have a very affordable fee structure in, and, you know, in order to support everyone in the bear market lately we have even reduced the bridge fee to a much lower level yes yeah, I, th- I think the above um, points um, covered the the vision of how you know how we are trying to success and how we are trying to achieve our vision
1: awesome I, I so in terms of some of the products and services people should be able to use on multi-chain you mentioned, the bridge, which is available for FT or NFTs. And then you also mentioned um, Anikol, which is a cross-chain messaging service uh, or function. And then you also mentioned routing, which is kind of one of the core services that MultiChain provides. When we talk about bridges, I think in general, it's easy to grasp the concept. You have two chains and then this mechanism in which you can mint an asset using this bridge in order at, to Move quote unquote to another chain, and then when it's on there, and you and then you want to retrieve it, you burn the asset so that you're always having a one to one relation between the asset you have from chain A and then the bridged asset on chain B. How does rooting work on a high level um, sense? Could you give us a brief description so that we understand what goes into rooting?
3: Um, yes, so uh, basically, there are made two major bridging solutions. Uh, that that uh, uh, you know adopts among other bridges. So first uh, is the mint and burn bridge solution that we talked about earlier. It's basically you 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 have described it the way how it works. It just lock on the one side and r- mint on the other side. And the, when the user bridge back, it's uh, it it burns it gets burnt on uh, the destination chain, and uh, the token locked on the source chain gets released. And uh, I think uh, probably a lot of people already know how Mint Burn uh, Bridge works. So so routing so router works uh, in the same uh, logic as well. So there's and the difference is that uh, router uh, requires um, pools. So let's say uh, for example, there's um, if, I bridged, if I bridge if I bridge Ethereum from uh, Ethereum minute to BSC. And that there, will be, there would be a pool on the Ethereum side and there would be a pool on the BSC side. And uh, when, I bridge the, when I bridge from Ethereum to BSC, the Ethereum on the Ethereum network would be locked in a pool contract. And then when I bridge to the BSC, um, the BSC pool would release a, a native token to, to me. And that's basically a, a simple way to describe how the router
0: works. Sorry, uh, am I right to am I right to say that in this mechanism, just to understand the the like the main difference between, for example, the like mint and burn function? That in this routing mechanism, you have actually inventories um, from LPs, let's call it, um, let's call them like that, on mm. one side and on the other side, and then you are using this liquidity uh, to basically allow. Uh, these uh, transfers right
3: um uh, i think your question is uh is if it it requires people to add liquidity on both both side correct um so it works like this people can add liquidity uh on in the pool right either it's projects themselves or the users and another way is actually the liquidity goes naturally so when let's say if i need to bridge my ethereum from ethereum network to bsc and when i bridge when the bridge action happens the liquidity is naturally added on the ethereum side and and uh, the bsc side the, the liquidity is is thus reduced right because i bridged to bsc i hope that makes sense to you
0: yeah all good thanks
1: Okay, awesome. So I guess from the end user perspective, um, well, let's roll back. So to summarize kind of the biggest difference between how a mint burn bridge, which is something, the bridging solution that we're all mostly familiar with, and then the the router option is that with the mint and burn bridge, you have a two-way bridge between two chains. And then it works with literally a mint and burn mechanism with a router. It's mediated through liquidity pools, but in terms of the end user experience, we can basically kind of treat it in the same way for the end user, right? I want to have, you know, 100 near tokens and I want it to go to BSC or Polygon or maybe Aptos or Avalanche. All I have to do is get put in that amount, whether it's a bridge or it's through a router, and it's routed through these liquidity pools, and it goes to my destination chain, and I just claim it on the wallet that I have on the destination chain. That's pretty much all that it takes for the end user. Is that correct?
3: Exactly, exactly.
1: Okay, perfect. I want to hear, and I think in the list of your know, products and um, advantages or kind of Features that you mentioned about multi-chain, we have sort of an idea, but I do want to hear more in detail about what makes multi-chain unique versus other multi-chain or cross-chain middleware. So compared to regular bridges or some kind of other interchain solutions, we've been hearing new names like layer zero and whatnot. I want to know a little bit more in depth about what multi-chain does very uniquely compared to some of the other solutions in the industry.
3: Uh, I would say there are uh, the biggest difference between multi and the other alike. The others alike is that uh, multi-chain is based on MPC because, um, you know, I, I don't think there's other bridges that use MPC and uh, we are a non-custodial protocol secured by SMPC network. The SMPC network is a distributed system in which each node uses a threshold distributed a signature mechanism to reach out reach consensus on the verification results. And uh, you know, a lot of giants um, uh, giant entities like Alibaba, Coinbase starts to develop the apps or launch service using MPC because it's proven to be the most secure encryption technology. And I'm really, really glad that we are using MPC, you know, to build all our question infrastructure right from the very beginning and uh and because m p c uh for in the case of m p c um a a private key is never generated and uh you know no one nobody holds the the private key they only hold the private key shot and uh and those yeah, and so that that makes it uh it makes it secure and uh and another another one is that uh you know we uh, we provide zero slippage cross-chain bridging service to our users, and uh, you know in that way they can avoid impermanent loss associated associated with uh, AMA. Um, and uh, and uh, another thing is that uh, multi-chain has the biggest ecosystem among all the other uh, bridges. We support um, more than seventy chains. And uh, you know we have we have we are well connected in this uh, in this space, and we have helped our partners build more than three thousand bridges. So you know users have has a lot of uh, options on multi Chain. They can they can if they say if let's say if they want to bridge to um uh, to to BTC right and uh, BTC network, we oh, yeah, we support it, and they can bridge to BTC and. Even even uh, even uh, a random network that many people might not know, like Rangers, and and we support it. So so people got lots of choices on Maltechan, and um, yeah, we, because we got the huge ecosystem. Okay,
1: so just to summarize, I think you made three points. First is. Design-wise, uh, multi-chain is a, to employing the MPC system so that I mean, I'm not going—I'm not a very technical person, so I'm not going into what that is. But you're saying that through this, you're able to assure a level of security and also a distributed manner of verifying the transactions. Um, and also, your, this I would imagine enables you to keep multi-chain and non-custodial service. And then the second point you made is uh, zero fees when it comes to bridging costs. And the third point is the massive ecosystem that multi-chain is accruing. I think you mentioned like 70 chains integrated, more than 3,000 bridges built with your partners uh, on top of the speed and cost that you that remains competitive compared to some of the other solutions. Uh,
3: yeah, actually number, number two is uh, zero slippage. Uh, I'm sorry, just, zero slippage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's always uh, one-to-one, right? That people don't suffer from high slippage.
1: Okay, perfect. So you've mentioned a lot of impressive numbers on the chains integrated, the token service, and all of the partners that you work with in order to reach the ultimate goal of becoming the router for the multi-chain world what remains to be delivered would you say that you're quite happy you're at like 80 percent of re- achieving the vision or is, do we still have a longer way to go
3: i think um you know and um, for a question bridge it's a ne- it's still a, a new concept right uh, it, i think multi-chain is is the first bridge to to build question bridges in in the space, and uh, we have we started in 2020, uh, early ni- 2019, and then we are already the oldest bridge in the space. And so, questions, question bridge is still a, a new concept, and it still needs innovation, still needs uh, more development to facilitate on um, a lot of aspects. And, uh, and you know, and to do this, we have late, lately we have launched the Fast MPC uh, network which is uh, an upgrading uh, version of the current MPC network. Uh, what it does, it does uh, it, it it allows uh, projects and any users to run a node on multi chain And so so let's say uh, Sophia uh, if you if the if she wants to run a node on multi chain become a validator. And uh yeah she can do it. You can she she can just set up the node and and uh, stake a certain amount of multi and then and then she she, she became the right? And uh, and that in that way we we are trying to improve decentralization to another level, and yeah, I mean there are still lots of things to be done to be to improve this industry. Definitely, this this is way way not reached the point yet. Um, the destination, there's no I, in my opinion, there's no destination uh, for this industry. Even for the other, you know, for the other uh, space like NFT or uh, DeFi uh, and Metaverse, there's there's always developments on, uh, going on, and yeah, it's just like learning <laughs> and studying. This is never an end.
1: <laughs> the feeling is completely neutral. Uh, well, now <laughs> let's get into some of the major headlines. I want to get into the actual meat. Of the of the conversation, which is the multi-chain near integration. So some of the headlines I thought I thought were super juicy, and I would love to kind of go into the implications and uh, go into further description about each one of them. And the first one, so what I'll do is like I'll give the headline that I saw in the announcement article, and then Lotus, I want to ask you to elaborate a little bit further if you would like to. The first headline was near. Thanks to Multichain, is now connected to more than fifteen chains, which were previously inaccessible. Lotus, would you like to give us a few names of the more high-profile chains that are now near is newly connected to?
3: Yes, uh, it's uh, the it pleasure to introduce the chains that we are helping to connect. First, uh, uh, the most important one is of course Ethereum, because we know that uh, and the users might have. Uh, a, you know, a, a problem when they when they're trying to bridge to Ethereum with, uh, if they want to get there faster to, to involve in, in some DeFi events and that's kind of get in their way. But now, you know, they got a faster option is multi-chain. They can bridge USDC, Ethereum near Aurora, Woo and WBTC, basically all the major tokens to Ethereum uh, within just a few minutes, and uh, and except Ethereum, uh, we support you know basically all the networks supported on multi chain. Uh, you, you are you are you are able to bridge in and out of near, and like Aptos, Avalanche, BSC, and um, Boba, and uh, you know. Um, like (laughs) Kava, Polygon. Polygon, right, yeah. Yeah, basically all the chains that you you want to bridge, you have all the options there.
1: Yeah, and I think this is super exciting because if you've been on Near, you know that uh, we have... We have the Rainbow Bridge, obviously, which was the main one trustless solution between Ethereum, Near, and Aurora. And then the second one, I think, was All Bridge, which allowed for us to go from Near to Solana and then Near to Celo. And then Wormhole enabled also some bridging options. And but we didn't really have options to very easily go to BSC or. Um, or polygon or Aptos even or avalanche and finally this is enabled through multi-chain so I think this is, is particularly exciting news for a lot of the near community members
3: yeah well, we're also very very happy and very excited to you know to help boost the near ecosystem.
1: Awesome. The second headline was $30 million in initial liquidity. And I would imagine that this pertains to the liquidity pools that we talked just now when we discussed what routers are for multi-chain. Could you kind of help us break down the numbers, you know, which assets are we talking about in terms of this liquidity? What does it pertain to? And for the users, what does this mean?
3: hmm so um it's actually all about how our our, our router works. If you go to uh, app.multichain.org org, and uh, when, if you go to the pool, then you uh, open you, if you are switching on a near network, then you will see that um, there's there's a lot of, there are some pools and uh, there's there are about uh, 30 million of liquidity in in all the pools right uh, on the router and basically because our router uh, connects with all the networks that's available uh, on especially near is on the non-EVM router uh, right so so we have five different routers one is for mainstream uh, network routers for EVM chains right the router that's router 1 and router 2 is this is near right router 2 near non-evm chains including uh you know aptos uh, because aptos is non-evm as well so basically uh, all the non-evm chains and uh, some major ch- networks connected in this router 2 non-evm router uh, all the liquidity there are available for near and near users to use because uh it's it's a, it's like a super network all the liquidity there uh, can be bridged the in and out from one chain to another. And so, yeah, the, the liquidity is quite sufficient for the
1: users to bridge. And which assets, because uh, you've mentioned, I think um, USDC, USDT, WU, WBTC, um, and NIR and Aurora as the tokens mm-hmm. that are now available for these bridging operations. Would you also know the numbers for, you know, when we talk about 30 million, which assets mm-hmm. are we talking about?
3: So like, uh, like uh, let me check the pool. Because, uh, you know, given the, the nearest non-event structure, uh, the, our, our UI needs to be updated and to be able to show the, the amount of the, the exact liquidity uh, in the pool because uh, right now it's just unlimited. So uh, I can't tell like the exact number of, of the tokens on, on the exact chain and the number of it. Um, but basically we have, um, you know, for USDC, we have more than um, like close to 20 million of liquidity on USDC. So uh, that's a lot of liquidity for, for users to bridge. And uh, and it's more than ten millions of liquidity for USDT, and yeah, for the other, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, later, um, I, I believe next week or so, we will update the UI, uh, so to, so you know, so people can read the liquidity, the amounts for for either Ethereum or WBTC, uh, and shows shows in the pool for how much amount it got in the pool.
1: Yeah, but regardless, um, 30 million and most of them being either in USDC or USCT is super exciting, especially I think we have DeFi guests here today. And for DeFi, the importance of stable coins is growing day by day so the news that there is sufficient liquidity actually quite impressive liquidity in stable coins available on the multi chain router which means that users between all of the 15 plus chains that now is connected to near can sufficiently bridge volumes quite large volumes of stable coins between near and all of these new chains is really exciting news so at this point maybe what we can ask um, is from the project side especially because you guys are dealing in defi would you care to elaborate a little bit about the importance or significance of Stablecoins coins for defi and whether you guys are particularly excited that there is this sufficient liquidity in stable coins now thanks to multi chain um
3: yes so uh, stable coins uh, is 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 obviously very important in defi space because it acts like an intermediary uh, intermediary for people to uh, do transactions to uh, to participate, uh, you know, campaigns, uh, and uh, up you know up, upcharge, and uh, the liquidity uh, on multi-chain, uh, so so I think that the the liquidity concept here on multi-chain pool is a bit different than what uh, the liquidity on the dex. Because the liquidity on multi-chain, it's not a, a pair, right? It's a single token pool. The, the only purpose of this liquidity is to help achieve zero slippage bridge. And, uh, and, and uh, what it does, it's, uh, there's no people, uh, users don't suffer from high slippage, right? It's always one-to-one. And so that's that's the major function of uh, the liquidity on multi-chain.
1: Absolutely. I also would love to ask Didier or Sophia. I mean, this would ha- could potentially have a lot of significant impact on near DeFi because now people will be able to easy not only easily bridge from other EVM chains onto near, especially in terms of stable coins, but with Uh, near zero slippage, that could have a lot of good um, influence upon near DeFi, and hopefully provoke a lot of people to move their stablecoins into near. Is that something that you forecast into the future? Is this something that you're looking forward to leverage on your own platforms? I'd love to hear some perspectives on this.
0: Yeah, sure. No, I, I think it's, uh, um, as I said before, I think um, having multishen is great because it gives um, like another option for users, right? They have the Rainbow Bridge, they have whole Bridge, and now they have Mil-tichen, um which offers, um, which has like a unique value proposition and, and which is very focused on um, like how fast can be um, the transfer between you know different chains. So I think that now that we have that uh, for like any DeFi protocol, and I'm I'm speaking for Ref, but the idea is well, how can we you know get those users from uh, different ecosystem to well come to Near and then interact with our ecosystem, right? Whether it's DeFi, whether it's you know, gaming, for example, and so on. So usually uh, the first um, the first entry point for those users well, will be, you know, uh, like any, I would say, uh, yeah, decks, right? How can I potentially swap my stable for something else in order to interact with uh, what I, you know, wanted to interact with. So I think that I'm very keen to follow those metrics because we have... Yeah, uh, uh, a huge use case around stablecoin uh, within the NEAR ecosystem. So, for example, I know that for USDT, um, we 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 can see like over uh, four hundred thousand transfers that have been executed on NEAR so far, um, and and for USDC and I, I think we have you know similar uh, numbers. Um, in terms of, yeah, in terms of hosting those users, uh, the great thing is that they can leverage uh, ref for example if they want to swap uh let's say one stable coin for another using our stable uh our stable pool right so they can have actually access to very competitive prices on chain. and I, i'm i'm yeah I'm, I'm very excited about that because um i think bridges and multi chain they're low you know to increase fungibility around the tokens, right because Let's say you are in Antarctica with one dollar in your pocket. No one is going to tell you, well, where does that come from, right It's one dollar. Uh, well, I think that with you know very efficient bridges, we tend to the same thing right the 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 idea that with one stable coin, on one ecosystem, on one blockchain, well basically you can have access to similar services um, on all the blockchains. And, and I think that um, offering that in a very efficient fashion. Is obviously yeah a game changer for the whole ecosystem, and not only one blockchain. So no, I'm I'm very um, I'm very excited about it. But to be uh, like more um, I would say succinct in my answer, I would say that now the question is how do we attract those users? Do we you know create incentives around uh, how many people will use multi-chain bridge to come to near? How do we incentivize those users? Uh, can those users can create network effects? For example, um, etc. Right, and also how can we leverage like multi-chain uh, strategies, for example, or multi-chain um, use cases? Because you might, you know, uh, have one leg of uh, your strategy, your DeFi strategy, in one chain, but maybe you have access to another leg of your strategy on another chain, and you can leverage the the entire ecosystem to maximize your um, to maximize your output. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very um i'm I'm very looking forward to having a better understanding of of, of that and obviously Multichain brings like handless options so um yeah, but now uh, I must say uh, for refinance we're gonna you know incentivize those users we're gonna uh, participate in um like how many users can we bring uh, in december for example just to to make sure that we have a proper Uh, momentum around, like, multi-chain integration. Yeah, Didier, I I think that's an excellent point that you bring about what
1: efficient infrastructure can mean for the potential um, and the richness of trading experience you can provide on your chain or actually through multiple chains now that you have this very efficient bridge. And very exciting to hear that Ref will be focusing on, you know, capturing all of this hopefully new user inflow, um, being able to leverage that and also give them the gateway experience that REF is supposed to promise. Would you have any teasers that you can make about some concrete forms that we could expect from this? Like what w- could we see on the REF side uh, with regards to the multi-chain integration and, or maybe even the stable swap, as you mentioned earlier on, given that so much of the liquidity um, facilitating these bridging is in stable points.
0: Yeah, sure. It's it's well, two things on that. Although uh, the team is, you know, talking about and the community, the DAO community is, um, you know, considering like many options. But two things. The first thing is, how can we make sure multi-chain is visible on our uh, user interface? And just to increase this visibility, right, this new option for users. So that will be like a first call to action uh, on on our side. And the second thing is, well how do we like incentivize those users to you know have a first experience with uh, multi chain if those users haven't you know, experimented with uh, the bridge and and how do we incentivize them to you know keep using the bridge right and for that i think that um, yeah i think there is there are conversations around how can different projects within the near ecosystem can you know be all together um, and actually incentivize, you know, with their own uh, project tokens, uh, multi-chain users, right? And yeah, we are considering like different options, but not the option of doing it. The option of how we do it, right? So this is this this is going to happen for sure. Uh, now it's just you know finalizing the details, and and the communication will be out soon, I guess. Yeah, that's actually some major
1: alpha there, but maybe later or towards the end, I'll revisit that and ask Lotus about it if she will be uh, willing to share a bit more alpha on this. Sophia, would you have any perspectives you want to add? What does the multi-chain integration mean for you specifically? Is there anything from the Pembroke side that you are excited about to leverage what multi-chain is enabling for near now?
2: uh actually yeah we are very excited about the huge amount of uh, stable coins that will come into the near ecosystem as uh, as you know now at bear market and uh, everyone uh, would like to uh implement the Short strategy, and with the stable coins, it's uh, and uh, with the uh, uh, you have the opportunity to short some coins, and I think that it will give uh, a huge uh, inflow of uh, new users into the our protocol and also in the ecosystem. Uh, it's from the stable coin. Uh, it's when talking about stable coins, and the other thing that I'd like to highlight is that. Uh, it's something like 11 assets in Pembroke now. It's uh, not very much, but four of them are bridged from Ethereum. It's almost a half. And uh, I'm sure that multi chain is a huge gate uh, that will help to expand the number of assets, which will bring more liquidity into the near ecosystem. It will bring more opportunities for users. And in fact, it will bring more users into our project and also in the near ecosystem as a whole. Because now uh, users are a bit limited with uh, assets on near, and that is very cool. That uh, uh, multi chain has uh, not only Ethereum but also Polygon and uh, Avalanche and Binance Smart Chain. There are a lot of assets that can be used now within the near ecosystem, and people can do something with their assets and uh, increase the amount of transactions, liquidity, and interactions into the near ecosystem.
1: Absolutely. So, Pembroke, from the Pembroke side, you're excited about the expansion of the horizon, whether it's terms of assets or users of liquidity that the multi chain integration can potentially trigger. And if anyone is bridging their stable coins over to near using multi chain, they should be looking at Premrock, especially if they're looking to short some assets during this bear market. So, thank you for that. Back to Lotus, I want to get into what you talked about um, earlier on in the space, which is, you know, being able to provide alternative options for bridging for the near community and then for those looking to bridge over to the near near side. Um, And this touches upon the speed and cost of using multi-chain when bridging between near and all of these 15 plus chains that now that are connected to near. Could you give us an illustration, like maybe an example, if I wanted to bridge between near and you know, Binance Chain or some Polygon, usually how many minutes would I spend on this? How much money would I spend on this? And compared to, for instance, Rainbow Bridge, which was the only solution we had to bridge to Ethereum, how competitive is this if you want to promote that a little mm. bit?
3: And um, so, uh, for example, and um, you know, the good news is that uh, where uh, I I believe our marketing team uh, together with Near team are are holding, uh, you know, market market campaigns to celebrate the mainnet launch, uh, the Near mainnet launch on multi-chain. And uh, so the good news is that the users will enjoy uh, zero free, zero bridge fee for one month. And (laughs) and I believe this is a very good news for the community uh, as well as uh, the projects, right? and uh, uh regarding to the average bridging time it's ac- uh, actually at, at the the average uh estimated time of question uh time is 10, 10 minutes within it's actually within three minutes but sometimes due to pcr problems uh and and the other problems it could delay right and uh and the fee because like i mentioned earlier in this conversation um, during in this in the bear market in order to support the users uh, as well as our projects, we have lowered our fee to a much lower level uh, where we reduce the fee from um, and when you bridge USDC or you know USDT or Ethereum, the fees uh, is really, really cheap, which is you can only pay 0.91 uh, cents to bridge uh, from, from, uh, from any, from any, between any two networks, uh, basically you can bridge, uh, from near to Ethereum from near to BSC or the other way around. And uh, yeah,
1: I, sorry, I just wanted to chime (laughs) in and say, like, I've been benefiting a lot from that. Uh, I love that I can, I pay less than a dollar and I can send all of my stable coins across these networks.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I believe multi chain right now at this moment is the cheapest bridge you could find in the space. And for Rainbow Bridge, I I I am not so sure because I haven't tried Rainbow Bridge lately.
0: Yeah, Jidir, go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Um, now, just to answer, yeah, the last question. I think Rainbow Bridge from uh, near to Ethereum takes around 16 hours at the moment but the cost is not that expensive i think it's uh well it depends of you know the size of the transfer but i think at the moment it's around uh 10 um 10 dollars um so so $10. it's okay yeah uh, but but, but mm-hmm. when the when the network is like uh busy um on on the ethereum side then the withdrawal uh, can can be like much 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 more expensive, um, but yeah. Now, my, my initial question. Sorry, you had a you had a question, or you wanted to say something.
3: Oh, please go ahead.
0: No, uh, my 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 question was: um, Is the creation of pools on multi-chain permissionless? I mean, can anyone create a pool on 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 multi-chain, or you create the pool on your side? Like, if let's say, I see a token that's um, I want to uh, transfer from uh, Binance Chain to, let's say, Near. can I create the pool or uh, does multi-shen need to create the pool?
3: Um, so, uh, so, so it doesn't work like uh, how a DEX works like. Uh, the pool uh, is basically uh, contracts, right? Uh, what it's used for, it's uh, when you bridge, uh, like I, like I explained, explained earlier, when you bridge from, uh, let's say, Ethereum to BSC, then the pool is there the others cannot, cannot uh, create the pools. Otherwise the liquidity will be frag- fragmented, right? And uh, because uh, the security is what matters the most. And so when, when user bridge from Ethereum to BSC, then the token is added on, on the Ethereum side. And uh, and so the, the the contract is is deployed by 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 the developers, and uh, so. But the most important thing is that uh, our MPC network is uh, is protecting those contracts, uh, as and, and also because MPC is proven to be uh, the most secure encryption technology in the space at the moment, and so like we have we have more than one thousand projects, and they all uh, you know choose to let MultiChain manage the contracts because they believe that MPC uh a safer and more secure way of managing their uh manage the their contracts
0: okay, crystal clear so not not anyone can deploy those contracts um, um, and then, yeah, sorry
3: yeah no, no um but uh, however. If if anyone if any projects if they want to uh, you know create their own bridge like recently we have a, a project called Caduceus they used our AnyCall to launch a permissionless bridging solution so um, like the projects can only uh, can reach out to them and they can directly onboard the bridge the the, the projects uh, on the bridges without uh, you know reaching out to us it's it's totally permissionless uh, with our AnyCall.
0: Okay. And, and so how do you measure like demand for those uh, uh, pools on your side? Is it coming from the community directly? Are you measuring uh, like the TVL, um, you know, on d- because at, at the moment I see obviously, you know, blue chip um, uh, tokens, for example. But what would be the criteria to, to have a, like a pool, for example, to qualify for a pool on multi-chain?
3: um it's uh, it's actually really uh about the bridging solution um uh, one is the momentum burn right the 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 most classic way of bridging and the other way is router native assets bridging solution which uh, so it in this case when when the when the when the token where it's issued on both sides of the network. Let's say token A is issued on Ethereum and BSC, but at this moment, if, if uh, it needs a bridge to be connected to this, these two networks, then that's where it needs two pools on both sides, right? Because, because multi-chain pool is is the purpose is to achieve zero slippage for the users to bridge. That's why it needs a pool. Otherwise it cannot bridge the native assets I hope that
1: explains. Jidia, I hope you're satisfied with the answer. Sounds yeah, like, yeah, it it good. like he is.
0: <laughs> all, all right,
3: well, yeah. So, so, uh, so to answer your question, basically, uh, uh, every, all the projects which uh, has a need for to bridge native assets, then it needs a pool. And actually, you just mentioned that uh, on Near, it needs ten dollars to bridge to Ethereum. But uh, you know, since after after the free uh, time timeline of this campaign on Near and Multichain, uh, it it only takes uh, no more than five dollars to bridge to Ethereum on Multichain.
1: Yeah, that's. Really good to hear and, you know, I just want to clarify that we're not trying to uh, drag Rainbow Bridge by any means. The reason that there is this difference um, is because of the permissionless nature of the Rainbow Bridge, right? So actually, if you're going from Ethereum, right, so because you're relying on the networks themselves and the conditions of the networks themselves, Ethereum to near super fast actually and also super cheap because you're only really re- requesting the transaction fees on the near side but the problem has always been going from near to ethereum and now that an alternative solution like multi chain exists people don't have to be stuck like waiting 16 hours to bridge over to ethereum they can just hop it over to multi chain i think that's the real significance that we're seeing with this integration
3: Yeah, I mean Rainbow Bridge is good because it's trustless, right? So I believe Multichain and Rainbow Bridge can, you know, can co-prosperous uh, by by offering um, near ecosystem, the users and the projects, the bridge service together.
1: Absolutely, it's it's about choice at the end. I think that's what we really want to assure to the community. Well, looks like we're running out of time. We've been having a very Jam packed conversation, but I do want to make sure that we touch upon some of the roadmap items for what we can look forward to in terms of the multi chain and near integration towards the future. So, I think one of the first things, Lotus, is that right now, multi chain, if you want to use multi chain, you have to use Sender Wallet. Will this continue to be the case in the future, or will we see other near wallet options um, integrated into multi chain?
3: I think there's definitely possibilities of integrating with other wallets if you know there's a strong demand for the other wallets like uh, selector. However, at yeah. the moment, yes, it uh, it will be uh, sender.
0: And, and and may I ask why sender by de- by default uh, and and and, uh, and not and not the wallet selector? I'm I'm saying that because I'm a strong uh, yeah advocate of the wallet selector. Because you know it's like one single like uh, repo for all the wallets within the near ecosystem. So I think it's great for projects to just tap into the wallet selector and 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 just you know offer like multi wallets uh, integration for the projects. So why why did you like choose Sender uh, by default?
3: Uh, because back then. I think selector is, uh, is a newly launched wallet, right? Yeah. And because back then uh, we, because non evm uh, network is a bit different than EVM network, so when a developer try to integrate with the uh, network, he needs some he needs to spend quite some time to develop on um, the wallet as well. So. We reached out to uh, the near team, and back then I think Cinder was the best option back then. And uh, out of you know security consideration and all the other uh, considerations, so we we integrated with with Cinder back then. And uh, so, like I said, if if Selector is a better option and uh, you know there it has a huge user base and uh, all the community say shout out shout out shout out loud, uh, to <laughs> to Selector Wallet, then then I would say, why not? We will integrate with Selector. It's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, and indeed is the perfect person if you want to pick anyone's brains about it. So that can definitely be a conversation we have after this space. Um, I also want to ask, because we mentioned Anycall, which is the cross-chain messaging um, mechanism that... That is part of multi-chain that or is offered by multi-chain. And Didier, I wanted to ask you, are there plans, or also Sophia, like on the Pembroke side, um, would there be interest or willingness already to use something like anacol And would we be able to see it on near DeFi
0: sometime soon? Sorry, Rima, uh, you you yeah, you were off at some points. If you could repeat that, sorry. On my side, oh, sorry. I just wanted to ask. You know,
1: Multich- Lotus talked a little bit about the uh, any call function, and I was wondering if there was interest from Rep's side or the Pembroke side to integrate
0: this uh, for cross-chain messaging. Yeah, sure. Um, we we started to have a look at that. Uh, it's like at the moment, uh, the team is really heads down uh, with you know concentrated liquidity, uh, which should happen like this month um so like yeah 200% busy on that but that's definitely something we uh, will look at and uh, i i think the challenge um for that is like um cross contract scope uh, to to handle but first uh, yeah, like like before um you know diving into the details we would need to think about what could be the use case uh from a ref um like user perspective right so um very yeah very keen to uh, get the ball rolling on that and see what we could what the mp call could you know bring to our users and uh yeah have a like a deep dive conversation with uh you know uh, Marco Joe our like tech leads and and Chen on the topic yeah
1: lotus i don't know if you had anything to add like to give ideas to defi projects on near about what they could do with anacol mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we actually had uh, uh, several rounds of call with uh, Riff about AnyCall because uh, we see the potential of uh, AnyCall uh, uh, application for um, Riff, and uh, because AnyCall is a permissionless generic, a generic question uh, messaging protocol that uh, allows question messages and contract calling from uh, chain, a, chain A to chain B or calling messages between different DApps and uh so you know uh, i think ref can use any call to do question swaps uh, so what is question swaps question swaps is kind of like a combination uh, of uh, dex and bridge because we know that bridge only uh, bridge the same the, the same token from different chains right uh, however dex uh, can swap for different tokens but the same chains so to 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 fix that problem we we can use any call to, to develop uh, question swaps. So it can, what we can do, we can uh, swap a token from chain A to token B on chain two. And uh, so I think with this function, um, it will first of all, improve user experience. And uh, second of all, it will uh, and save costs and uh, even get gas costs for, for users, right? They can finish their transactions within one step so yeah, th- before they might they might they might need three steps to do so
0: yeah we we actually we we started uh like crush and swap between near and aurora although aurora is not like a different blockchain i would say because aurora is actually a smart contract on Near. but we actually have yeah uh, cross and um cross swap sorry between um ref and trisolaris the the only i would say um the the very like difficult challenge for that is how do you manage uh, like you know asynchronous calls between one blockchain and the other right because uh you can have you know one leg of the swap that is done properly and then the other leg fails but if this other leg fails and then you have you know like uh multi-swap in this leg then the user might end up with you know, a very weird token, for example. Um, so we, we, yeah, I think that's one of the main challenges uh, for us to solve uh, with, you know, crush and swap. Uh, but that's certainly a very exciting one because once you are able to to aggregate, you know, like liquidity from different um, ecosystems, then you can basically source the best prices, right? Which which can make a very huge difference. But, but I think the, the problem to solve is, is quite complex, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, to dig into that.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, it could be uh, complicated complicated to uh, to to work develop on, on the non evm for Ray forever. But, but call has this feature where it allows fallback, and when the when the transaction fails. It reverts users can choose to revert the transactions right so they don't, they don't suffer from the failed transaction and loss lose the tokens and uh yeah later we can let's catch up and we can you know our developers can have uh, some rounds of calls to talk this through and uh, hopefully we can get this done and launch uh, any call together and uh, to you know to, to improve innovations together and this is very exciting oh
0: my gosh. can you guys hear me
1: Hey, hey, so, hi, Ivy, um, Ivy has been requesting to speak for a very long time. So I wanted to let them on before the space ends. Do you have a comment or a question, Ivy? Yes, um,
0: actually, it's just a comment and maybe a question. Because I've been listening all this while, and it's very um, enlightening about what Nia has been working on. So I just want to like ask, in a general, term, like, what do you think Nia needs to add to his, um? blockchain to make it like one of the best out there because i'm a very huge fan of near
1: yeah great question um GDA or sophia or lotus does anyone want to answer this right, and, and the question being what does near need to become the best chain because he really believes in near um, and wants to see it win
3: uh, I can I can I can answer this question as a start, <laughs> uh, and so uh, I think, uh, uh, like I said uh, earlier, uh, in in this space that uh, it requires communications to for a country to prosper, right? It goes the same for a ecosystem and a network. So I think the first step for NIR to prosper and su- success is to work with multi chain to integrate with multi chain, right? Because I think multi-chain just brings so much possibilities for Near, and it allows Near to communicate with the other ecosystem, and uh, you know, to attract the developers and builders from the other ecosystems. So Near, you know, talents and elites from the other ecosystems, and then they can build a better uh, world and better you know ecosystem on Near, and then in turn, uh, to attract more users, and in that way, to boost the ecosystem of Near. I hope that makes sense, IB.
1: Absolutely. I mean I'll I'll speak on their behalf, but absolutely. Um and so and you're saying that because multi-chain has integrated near, we're almost halfway to that finish mark.
3: Yeah, I have to say that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I think I think it's basically a a win win for for both sides right multichain needs near and near needs multichain this is a win win uh, situation for both parties
1: i love that and i think that's a great way uh place to wrap up this space i want to give everyone a room to give their final words. I want to hear if you maybe have a call to action, um, you want to alert the community about what's coming up next for your protocol. Um, Lotus, I also understand there's going to be a campaign surrounding the multi-chain launch for near very soon. We'd love to hear more about that uh, if you want to
0: start off. Yeah, I, I can. I I can go on this one uh, um, yeah, I'm yeah I'm very excited about uh, multi chain integration um, I I think multi has you know um uh, I mean almost 80 um 800,000 users have interacted with multi so far uh looking at you know the statistics so I'm um, uh, I would be very you know glad that uh the near ecosystem can tap into uh this user base that have you know uh, that has been used to multi chain, and actually, you know, they have access to a, like a new ecosystem for them using a solution that they know. Actually, so yeah, very excited about, uh, you know, onboarding those new users uh, into the ecosystem and, you know, to answer uh, their questions, if any, and just to welcome them uh, in the ecosystem.
1: Brilliant. And would you have anything from the Rev side you want to share about the roadmap, or something to look out for, or to make a, commu-
0: a call to action to the community? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, yeah, I think December will be one of the most exciting months for this year because we are releasing our uh, Rev V two, which is uh, concentrated liquidity. And uh, yeah, I I, I cannot. Um, yeah, uh, I I mean I cannot emphasize. Um, how how important will be this release because um, concentrated liquidity will offer like so many um, options for our users and and we have limit orders uh, that are coming uh, along with a complete new uh, user interface. So yeah, it's just, you know, keep working on our uh, roadmap and philosophy, which is to be a one-stop um, uh, shop for like any DeFi activities within the near ecosystem. And we are really getting a step closer to that uh, with concentrated liquidity. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, the momentum um, we will have um, after that.
1: Brilliant. Sophia, is there anything you would like to share on your end? uh yeah
2: sure uh, actually, there are a lot of things uh, coming up and uh, just to uh, give some alpha to our listeners that uh, we're uh yeah, developing the some uh, features for implementing uh, uh, delta neutral strategies and I think that in the nearest future we will add also the uh, the feature of adding to the collateral the rev shares. So, for example, if uh, users have uh, the, uh, some shares in, for example, uh, PAM USDC pool, they will have the opportunity to leverage them to two times or three times, and I think it's very exciting. And also, I'm sure that uh, the integration uh, with multi-chain will bring uh, more people and more liquidity and also more opportunities for current NEAR users to uh, expand their tools uh, on the NEAR ecosystem and... Uh, uh, hopefully, in fact, uh, higher profits, rewards, and higher yields for everyone, and also uh, a lot of new users to current near projects.
1: Brilliant. Thank you, Sophia. And Lotus, I don't know if you, if we're not able to hear you or you are not speaking. Would love to hear from you on some last words. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah yes. Um, so... First of all thank you for uh rearranging this uh, this twitter space and uh it's definitely a-, a pleasure to join this twitter space and share insights and talk with the other uh uh guests here and uh yeah, so i am basically i'm really looking forward to more corporations with uh, near and the the projects built on near like including ref and uh perm um, rock the rock here and uh yeah and uh, we are not just building the bridges on near we hope to contribute to the ecosystem and help together to boost the ecosystem and together to build near together <laughs> and uh, thank you everyone uh, to to join this uh, twitter space i really appreciate it
1: Thank you, Lotus, for joining. Thank you, Didier and Sophia, Thank also you, for joining today. Um, just a reminder that MultiChain is live. If you want to try it, and the zero fee campaign is either ongoing or starting soon. Lotus, could you let us know about that?
3: Uh, you mean the timeline of the zero fee campaign, right?
1: Yeah has it has it started
3: already, or it's going to start? I think it's I think it started on
1: this this Friday,
3: so it started. Okay. Okay, so perfect. It will, so, last, it will last for one
1: month. Okay, that's perfect. So if you want to go between Nier and Polygon and Avalanche and BSE, blah, 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 with, at zero bridging fees, now is your time. Multi-chain is enabling that. And look out for future campaigns to come with Near projects and multi-chain to incentivize the use of multi-chain. So that's upcoming. Thank you everyone for joining and happy bridging.
0: See you again sometime soon. Sirium, see, see you guys.
2: Thank you.
3: Bye. See you. Bye.